Mueller and Moats are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Pittsburgh? This is the Stan Saverin Show. Saverin on sports here on ESPN Pittsburgh. But a little change up today. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes in for the Godfather. I guess you could say we're acting Godfathers today, Motesy. Mm. So we'll do a little uh, little crossover today on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. It's uh, a show we call the Steelers Blitz. Motes and I normally on Steelers Nation Radio at this time. We'll sit in for the Godfather today. We got Jacob rocking uh, before us behind the glass, and we got phone lines open today. So over the next two hours, if you want to chime in, two ways to do so. On the phones, 412-919-1316. Those are the digits to dial. Or you can join us in 2020 and just tweet the show at Wesley Euler at DeBody52. DeBody. Arthur Motes. What a day today in sunny Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pirates Brewers tonight. We still got baseball here, unlike some parts of the country. Don't take it for granted. Penguins Flyers preseason game tonight. Well, I guess this afternoon-ish, technically 4 o'clock here in a couple hours. And Arthur Motes, the Steelers opening camp today. The NFL's return to play begins today. How we feeling, Arthur Motes? Man, this is awesome. This is what we've been waiting for this whole offseason. I mean, from the time when COVID initially started and everything got postponed, some things canceled. I mean, it was just that long, drawn-out When is it going to return? Is it going to return? But now we are finally here. Now we are able to see, all right, we're building. We're building. Still some rocky situations. Still Mm -hmm. some uncertainties. Obviously, we know what's going on with the Marlins right now and along with the Phillies. But when you can just, you know, put that to the side just for a little while and we just focus on the right now, the right now does tell us that, hey, we got sports today, man. So enjoy it while you can. We do. And with that comes, obviously, you know, some news, some moving and shaking of the day. Uh, Six New England Patriots players, Arthur Motes, have already opted out. Amongst them, uh, some big name guys, uh, Donta Hightower opting out, Patrick Chung out as well. Uh, The Baltimore Ravens, Andre Smith announced this morning, uh, and he kind of Man, the Ravens brought him in to kind of provide some depth on the offensive line there. He has announced that he's opted out. I feel like there's another name or two that have come out that I've forgotten here. Motsi. Star uh, Lota yes. uh, Yep, up in um, Buffalo. Yeah, he, he opted out the day. He's passing up on $4.5 million guaranteed. Yeah, and a, and a yeah. team that fancies themselves uh, with a real opportunity to win the division and Absolutely. make a run in the playoffs this year should – we all be expecting this, right? Were we maybe naive if we didn't think that there would be a decent amount of players who who decided to, you know, to take a pass on this 2020 season? No, I think people were very naive. I think they all, uh, a lot of people first off associate athletes with the mindset that sports come before everything. Or they'll say that money comes before everything because I always tell you how money is relative to some people a dollar amount may seem astronomical, but to others, they're like, hey, I'm willing to pass up on this for something that I truly believe in or something that I'm not willing to risk. And this is something that it doesn't surprise me because especially with the names that are coming out, all of their situations somehow, some way, I'm like, I totally can understand that. Mm. Whereas the general public, like I said, they don't see 
athletes as people. They just see them <laughs> as jersey numbers. They right. just see Dante Hightower as the linebacker for the uh, for the New England Patriots, and he has no personal life. They see McCourty as, hey, I mean, not McCourty. They see Patrick Chung as, no, you're the safety that won Super Bowls. That's all you do. You don't have a life outside of this. You're not allowed to weigh the risk of your health. I mean, it's crazy. You look on social media, and anytime you see Schefter post one of these guys' names, the first thing in the comments is, well, I hope he's not getting paid then. If he's not going to play, he better, <laughs> he better not get this then. I'm like, first off, you're not his employer. Secondly, don't try to make your market the NFL players' market because they're drastically different. Correct. And let's be real, your professions are drastically different in terms of what you demand from a payment standpoint and overall popularity standpoint. But those are the things that I see, and I'm like, how about you look into why? They are saying that they don't want to play. You look at Dante Hightower, I believe they said he just had a daughter or just had a baby uh, a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, man, that's a big thing. Some of the other players are just saying that, you know, for them, they don't view the risk as being worth it because we talked about this yesterday. The NFL's concept right now in terms of how they're going to handle the COVID testing, also what the players are going to be exposed to, is drastically different than what you have in the NBA or the WNBA with their bubble slash wobble concept, <laughs> or even NHL with their hub city concepts. Yep. MOB is kind of freelance wild, wild west with it, and you see what's going on with the Marlins and the Phillies what, right now and how it could potentially get worse. Four or five days into the season, yes, too. Yes, like just started. Yes. So you see how that's handled, but now you have to think the NFL is a similar concept to the MLB, but times multiple thousand in terms of the amount of players and personnel that's going to be directly involved in the day-to-day -day operations. So when you factor in all those things, it, it, it to me it makes a ton of sense that players are choosing to opt out. And this just the big-name guys, not even when we're talking about from a strategic standpoint right. of – oh, well, this is a bubble guy or this is a guy who probably isn't going to make the roster anyways. You go ahead, if you got a pre-existing condition, get your 350, you're on your way, and you'll get a credited season. Okay, if you don't have mm -hmm. a pre-existing condition, get your 150, <laughs> fully guaranteed. You don't have to worry about if I make the roster, if I make active roster or practice squad. It takes all the guesswork out of it. And we've seen those players as well. They haven't been talked about as much, but there have been numerous players that are bubble guys or third or fourth string level guys that have chose to opt out, both guys who have been in the league and guys who are rookies right now. So what's more intriguing then for those bubble guys, in your opinion? Um, the <laughs> the allure maybe of, like you said, you can still collect the money, you can still get your accredited season towards your NFL pension one day and not have to take the risk, right, uh, of, of everything that comes with playing professional sports in the current you know climate and landscape of the pandemic. Or maybe an increased opportunity now, right? With some of these people opting out, with some of the guys who are not going to be there, maybe some additional roles on the team, albeit either depth roles or special teams roles opening up and balancing the opportunity that you would have to maybe carve out a role for yourself on a football team. If you're a young football player sitting there, Arthur Motes, what's maybe more valuable to those bubble guys in your mind? So this is going to go down to the risk versus reward. Sure. And I've experienced this at numerous stages of my career. You ask yourself, okay, on paper, yeah, it sounds good. This guy's opting out. All right, so instead of it being, you know, six 
guys at this position, only four being taken. Now, okay, since this guy has left out, now it might be two open spots for me. You have to ask yourself, do you really feel that you can beat those other two guys out? Not even from a physical ability standpoint, but the political side of it as well. Hmm. If that guy is a second or third round draft pick from the year prior, he's going to be on the roster, regardless if he's good or not. If this guy is making $6 million, but he has a low cap hit, He's going to be on the roster. Mm -hmm. Those are the things you have to really weigh and ask yourself. And in traditional years, you can have the luxury of, well, you know what? I don't plan on making this team, but I'm going to get this preseason tape out, and they're going to see my game film, and I get picked up somewhere else. It's like an audition. Right. You don't have that luxury this year because it's only practice tape, no preseason games. Teams don't share practice tape. It's not what you think. Where oh man, that scout is just go over there and scout this guy at practice. Not at all. You saw how people freaked out when the Patriots just recorded <laughs> the guys coming from the sideline. You think they're gonna let him into practice? Get out of here. That's not how it works. So when you factor in all of those things, now that decision is drastically different. I think about my last year when I was in Arizona, and I got hurt. They had I had two options. They said, well, look, we can release you now on an injury settlement. You take three weeks rehab and then after that if a spot's open we'll just bring you right back or you can go IR you won't play at all this year but financially you're good for that whole season we'll make sure that you're paid out for me at that stage in my career and understanding the relationship that I had with that organization it said no it makes more sense to go on IR and just take the guaranteed money sure versus you flipping a coin and hoping that it's a spot available hoping that they they say you know what I like this guy over that guy but the problem is if you take that chance which other guys did and they crap out. They don't get anything. You don't get a credit season. You don't get money. You don't get nothing at all. So those are some of the business side decisions that you have to make. And a lot of these young guys, let's be real, you coming in as an undrafted free agent, you're at the bottom of the totem pole. But the worst part is you didn't get your rookie minicamp. You didn't right. get OTAs. You right. didn't get veteran minicamp. I mean, even your training camp is going to be condensed in theory when you're talking about you won't have your first padded practice until August 17th. Think about how long away that is. And then your first game is, what, the second week of September? That's not a lot of time to audition. It is not. That's not a lot of time to move up on a depth chart. You talk about beating a guy out, that's 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 a lot of uncertainty. You're mm-hmm. putting a lot on the line for a high-risk, high-reward in terms of if you make the roster, great, you'll get paid. But the odds are stacked up against you. So you, it's a strong, strong chance you're going to end up with zero in just time spent. Right. That's it. <laughs> And for those who don't understand, the training camp money is not even 10%, no, not even 5% of what you would make. The surface. Yeah, I mean, when you do the math on the hours you put in, it's less than the current, uh, than, than America's minimum wage right now. Hmm. Like, that's just how oh, the. I'm sure. Yeah, that's how the hours add up to for what you're getting paid. So when you factor in all those things, it's not even as if these guys are at least getting big time money in training camp. Right. So. <laughs> So when I tell you it makes a lot of sense for some of these guys that are bubble guys, some of these guys who are undrafted, some of these guys who really have the odds stacked against them, it makes a lot more sense for them to say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and opt out and take the 150. If I have a pre-existing condition, it makes it that much sweeter because I get the 350 plus the credited season. So it's definitely a process in terms of what you're thinking. It's not like your traditional years where you know at least I got – I'm going to get some film out there. This could happen in a game. I, I go out here and get a pick in a game right. or I get two sacks in this game. They're going to notice All that. All right, there might not be a spot for me on yeah. this roster, but Somebody's there's gonna 31 other teams in the NFL. Exactly. Somebody will find me. Yeah. But you don't You don't have that luxury this year. No, you do not. A lot of luxuries are out the window, Arthur Motes, for, for the players, for the coaching staff, for the fans. A lot of things that we're used to not going to be the case in this uh, 
Uh oh, unprecedented time. I don't want to say that. I've never heard that before. Yeah, I know. I just thought of that. I I, I should probably coin that. You know. I'm the first one to, you know, that's a really nice way to describe I, I think, these no, last five or six months. Unprecedented times. Why hasn't anybody said that? I don't know. You know what? Like every, you're, you're ahead of your time, though. Every corporation in America, they should go ahead and send me an email that says, mm-hmm. we just want you to know in these unprecedented times, we're mm. thinking about you and we care about your health and well-being. Every, that, that's every a great idea. Any company that I've ever purchased anything from online or in stores that has my email address, they should send me an email. You know, why haven't they done that yet, Moats? They're slacking on the job. I'm convinced they're slacking. <laughs> Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler in for Stan Saverin. We're acting godfathers today on ESPN Pittsburgh, rocking and rolling as usual on SNR as well. We got the phone lines open today, Arthur Motes. 412-919-1316. Those are the digits to dial. We've also got some tweets already. The people want to know Arthur Motes, the Pittsburgh Steelers just announcing a free agency signing, and it's one that I'm familiar with. Former WVU running back. He's also played for the Eagles and the Washington football team. Wendell Smallwood has just been signed by the Steelers on a one-year contract. Got a couple tweets from people uh, tagging me, tagging Adam Crowley. Is this guy good? What's going on with Wendell Smallwood? Uh, He's had four years in the league, uh, three with the Eagles, one with the Redskins. Pardon me. The Redacteds, the Washington football team. Just the Washington football team. The Washington football. You say their name. You know how long this is going to last? Like, Uh -uh, no. We're still still calling the Chargers San Diego, and that's been two two and a half years at this point. No excuses. They are the Washington football team. Put some respect on their name. Washington FT? No, no. uh -uh. Yeah, Washington football team. No, uh -uh. They didn't say abbreviated. They said they're the Washington well, football team. Well, you know, that's, team. that's just the Euro in yeah. me, mate. But this America, mate. It's like it's like Barcelona <laughs> FC. We got Washington FT over nah. here, mate. Uh-uh, the we're Washington on, football we're team. We're going on down to the grounds to watch the football later on. And, uh, and, and I love the fact that it's a super <laughs> long name, too. The Washington football team. Let's go. Wendell Smallwood's a talented guy. He's brought in for depth reasons. He's not ever going to be the feature back on an NFL team. But I do think potentially he could be... A little bit better than Jalen Samuels. He's had more spin in the last four years than Jalen Samuels. It is interesting to me, though, Motes. We'll have to get to this more at some point today. I mean, we talked about the possibility of the Steelers already carrying four or five running backs this season. And they bring in Wendell Smallwood on a one-year deal. Ooh, man, there's going to be, i tell you what, a lot of dogs with only one bone in that, uh, that running back room. We'll get to that as the show rolls along. Continue to get that reaction in. But when we come back here, I want to ask Arthur Motes, as a decade-long NFL veteran, as a guy who's been in locker rooms, been on football fields, gone on road trips and traveled with NFL teams, we've all seen and we all know the situation that's transpiring right now with the Florida Marlins in Major League Baseball. How does the NFL avoid a situation like this? I want to discuss with Arthur Motes on the other side. He is Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. We're in for Stan Savern. We'll simulcast on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler in for the Godfather today, rocking and rolling on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Going to get to the phone lines here in just a second. Uh, some, Some moving and shaking here, some more housekeeping quickly. Arthur Motes. Patrick Mahomes has joined the Kansas City Royals ownership group. 
Hey, he's wasting no time investing that uh, that new big payday there is Patrick Mahomes. I'm wondering, Arthur Motes, when can we expect the announcement that you have joined the Pittsburgh Pirates ownership group? Is that coming down the line here uh, any day now? Not, not happening, man. What, did I miss something? Not happening. You know for me, man, I'll be a Yankees if, if I'm going to do it. <laughs> I can't help myself. I know. You can't help yourself. I can't. More and more players continue to opt out. I want to talk to uh, Arthur Motes about this situation more in depth here in a moment. But first, let's go to the phone lines. Let's go to our buddy in Virginia. Thrash is on the line. What's happening, Thrash? Good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon. I, I like how you came correct with Thrash today, by the way. All right. Artist formerly <laughs> no, no formerly, names. <laughs> formerly known as Eric, also known as Thrash Metal Guy. What's happening, partner? Yeah, I had to make sure I didn't make the mistake of the first time when I talked to you guys that I used my, my real, real name. That's right. <laughs> so uh, I just want to thank you guys. You guys have been putting on amazing shows for like the last, I don't know, what, three or four months now. Just going with all the content that you've been bringing to the table and, and just like in this hard time where sports have just returned for, what, two or three days now. So yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate that. No, I definitely appreciate you. Yeah, it's been thrash. I'm not gonna lie to you; it's been a little difficult. I mean, <laughs> it, it really. Ha- I don't want to, you know, I don't want to sound like a martyr over here, but I mean, you know, I did have an uncle who told me last night. I, or sorry, last week. I think you and Moats have the toughest job in America right now. I mean, you've been talking <laughs> about sports for five months without sports. Tell name something more difficult. <laughs> no, I agree. That's that's crazy. It's like it's just making something out of nothing, and you guys do a really good job of it every day. So. Thank you very much. Well, thanks, buddy. We appreciate it. Hey, it's it's much easier when we got each other to kind of laugh and bounce ideas off of. And, and you know, when we got you guys, when we got the power grid. Uh-oh, the, uh-oh. The megawatts calling in and, and tweeting in, that always makes life easy as well. Too. Thr- Thrash has given us some segment ideas. He has, man. Shout I out mean, to you, man, I, without a doubt. He gets producer credits on the show. Yeah. So, it's all, hey, it's, it's, one big, <laughs> it's one big group project, Thrash, and we're doing much better on this group project <laughs> than our country is on the whole pandemic group project. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i agree with that for sure <laughs> all right buddy uh take it easy and and we'll talk to you here soon we appreciate it yeah thanks guys thanks for having me on and uh, i'll talk to you later no doubt there he <laughs> is thrash winchester virginia's finest again 412-919-1316 if you want to hop on the phone lines arthur motes wesley euler rocking with you here on espn pittsburgh and steelers nation radio motesy uh as the day rolls along here, I'm sure it's going to continue for the next 90 minutes or so that you and I are on air. More and more NFL players um, opting out. Some bigger names, some you know yeah, less yeah. less see, household names. I mean, just uh, not even a couple minutes ago, we saw where the Bears starting D tackle Eddie Goldman mm-hmm. has just chose to opt out for the 2020 season as well. So yeah, man, this thing is going to continue to progress. Like I said, it's unique when you see the guys that aren't bubble guys, the guys that aren't on rookie contracts or vet minimum contracts, guys that are essentially going to pass up on their million-dollar contracts this year. Well, you said Vita Vey, right? Yeah. Four and a half million, was it? I mean, not Vita Vey, uh, Star. Or, sorry. Star, right. uh, sorry. Loda Lely. Yeah. Yeah, he started. Uh, yeah. The, the other guy with a difficult yes. last name to pronounce. No, no, no. According to you, remember, these are great names. <laughs> they are. Well, I come from a, uh, you know, I when it comes from speaking on a position of difficult last names, I, you know, I've got experience. It's all fun and games to you over here trying to pronounce it. Like, oh, what is this? But, yeah, he's passing up on 4.5 million. So, when you look at those guys, they're showing you that they take – this a lot serious uh, a lot more serious than some would perceive them to do or they're saying to themselves that the risk isn't worth it and like I said there is no right or wrong answer in terms of how people handle it that's one of the things that I want to 
really get out there because people are just assuming that, hey, if somebody opts out, they're taking it too serious or if they're playing, they're not taking it serious enough. Everybody weighs danger or risk differently. It's no different if you're going to a, a casino. I might be more comfortable betting X amount because, okay, this doesn't bother me as much. But you, you might say I'm a little more conservative when it comes to what I'm willing to risk today. Mm -hmm. Even though you won't be able to gain what I'm potentially going to gain, you don't have to worry about losing what I could potentially lose either. And I think when it comes to guys choosing to play this season or opt out, it's a very, very similar concept. And I don't think either side should be, you know, viewed as wrong because there is no wrong answer to if you're choosing to play or not. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit last week with the Eric Ebron situation where, you know, people were hopping in his Twitter mentions, both Steelers fans and just football fans in general, saying, ah, oh, cry me a river. You're going to make $10 million. You know what I would do for $10 million? Okay, but that's that's a false equivalency. Absolutely. Because, yes, I would. I'm sure Jacob would. I mean, you know, I can't speak for Motsi because he lives in a big house on the big side of town. Oh, stop it. But Jacob and I would leave our families for six months to go make $10 million. A lot of people that are hopping in Eric Ebron's mentions that are making whatever. Say you make 50 grand a year, you make 70 grand a year, you make 100 grand a year, whatever your income might be. Yeah, you're you're going to sign up. Okay, I'll go away from my family for for 6 months for 10. Yeah, Jacob's snapping back there. I would do it. I love my wife to death. I would I would not see her for 6 months if that meant 10 million dollars. She would kick me out the door if that, if that meant 10 million dollars. But not if it meant the same amount of money that I'm making right now. And that's mm. what we're asking these players to do. These players didn't sign up to be in the military where they know Absolutely. that leaving no, that's a totally different that, that leaving your family for a long period of time is a very realistic thing that happens often all yeah. the time to members of our military and it's not the same as somebody who makes fifty thousand dollars a year saying well i would do it for that money well yeah no kidding but would you do it for the salary you're making right now absolutely that's the difference that's the difference yes. that's what these players are facing mozi and with what we've seen with the Marlins, right, now up to 17 positive tests within the Marlins organization from players and staff members, how does the NFL avoid a situation like this once the season gets going? Because like we talked about, right, I mean, they're three or four days into Major League Baseball season, and there's already questions being asked about seeing this thing out, right? The last thing that we want is the NFL to get three or four weeks into the season and have a similar type problem. How does the NFL avoid this? Yeah, that's the difficult part. Um, I mean, we've proposed them testing a lot more as this thing progresses, but their approach right now has been the opposite, test heavy early on and then die down on the testing. But they all they also said that they're not even going to consider the bubble concept. That came out earlier today as well. So, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely nervous about it. I'm trying to be optimistic with it, but it's just – it's real things in terms of the risk, in terms of the spread that can't be avoided or can't be overstated. And I think that a lot of times because the perception is NFL athletes are, you know, low risk, that it shouldn't matter. But you have to remember that these coaches aren't low risk. These trainers mm -hmm. are low mm -hmm. risk. The head trainer for the Vikings just tested positive for COVID. He's also the person in control of handling the COVID testing up there. And he's an at-risk person. So those are different scenarios where, hey, it's more than just the players that are affected by this. So I'm, for me, man, like I said, I, I'm just hopeful that it does work out somehow, some way. 
but it's no different than when we quarantined. People assumed quarantine means the virus disappears. Mm-hmm. It's not how it works. Nah. <laughs> so, so even though we want to wishfully think that, hey, man, if we just keep saying that it's going to happen, the season's going to get played out, it's going to work. Yeah, but that's not typically how it works with these type of things, man. So for me, I'm going to keep the optimism. I'm going to stay, you know, glass half full, but I still have a ton of questions in terms of the logistics of how this thing is going to get ran smoothly. And in the case of a Miami Marlins situation, which is still very likely to happen in the NFL just because of the sheer numbers on the roster, how are they going to handle that? How do they? That's the question then, right? So it's 15 Marlins players and two members of the staff as that, of have, right now. that have tested positive right as now. As of right now. How, how do you that's, – that's half the team in baseball. How, yeah. How do, you, how do you play games for the next two weeks well, if you're the Marlins? And, and the Does Major League Baseball make them kind of just punt on this season, kind of well, like we saw with the MLS, right, with some of no, the so soccer teams? The how, so, uh, how does this work? So even with the Marlins, because they have inter, uh, interdivisional games, right. you can't even go with the whole just forfeit or don't even play because then from a scheduling standpoint, it throws off everything else. But then along with the fact of they said, well, you have, I think, it's 60 people all together in right, the like minor league, You can right. dip into the minor leagues. But they said, I mean. What's that do to the competitive balance? Well, the competitive balance and also the integrity of the Marlins. Right. That'd be like, hey, you know, 20, 20 Pittsburgh Steelers get the coronavirus, so we're just going to call up 20 players from Pitt and just put them out there and steal his uniforms. Duquesne and RMU, like, we're going to grab a bunch of college players like, and throw them out there. That's what they're talking yeah. about doing for the MLB with the Marlins. And, and I'm like, that's imagine, not the same. Imagine doing that when it's only you're only playing within your division. Right. Right? So imagine if the Steelers did that. The advantage that it would be for the for the Browns and the Ravens the and the Bengals when it comes to wild card positions, mm-hmm. that's what if, if you're a major league baseball team, right, who's competing for wild card positions with those teams, and all of a sudden that team is playing a roster of fifty percent minor leaguers. Yeah. I mean, we talk a lot we've talked a lot about asterisks in sports over the last few months. Mozi, that is about as close as you can get to kind no of question. You know, <laughs> and, and that's just the Marlins situation. That's just right. three days into this thing. Right. We're not even talking about, okay, say everything cools down and then two weeks later you have it happen again in Arizona or, or New York or Texas. Like those are the things, those are the and, concerns and how it's associated affecting, with it. how it's affecting the Phillies, right? Yeah. Who just played a three game series They've against had, the Marlins. They they just got their second game postponed, which was which would have been tonight against, against the Yankees. The Yankees. Yeah. And now they have to sit around right for, for a day or two and to wait for their results. To wait for their results mm-hmm. and then go from there based on what the results say. Because I mean, best case scenario would be nobody on the Phillies roster or in their organization, test is positive. Yes. That's best case scenario. Absolutely. Therefore, now you just have to handle how you want to maneuver with the Marlins. Do they continue to play? Do they bump up people from the minors? What course of action? That's best case. Worst case is somebody from the Phillies does test positive. Mm-hmm. Now you have bigger issues. Or someone from the staff for the Phillies right. who, were, who was within issues. the Marlins side of the clubhouse. I mean, because right now they say even with the Marlins, what? For, uh, 13 players were positive, but they also had a coach as well that was positive. Yeah. So it's, it's just, like I said, a lot of question marks. Fif- 15 players and yeah. two coaches. Because as of this morning, they now. have four additional people test positive. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of question marks and not a lot of time to figure this out, right? Because uh, especially for as it relates to Major League Baseball, and we know that this is kind of going to be the case with the NFL too. Like you're on a time crunch. You know what I mean? You can't just pause the season and delay this and delay that you can only what? do that so we did often that already right when you're when you're already on a five month delay you're kind of on borrowed time you need things to keep rolling yeah you and i have talked about i mean a a, a situation like this would be would be terrible you get a couple weeks into the season you have a big outbreak it affects 
potentially more than one team. Where do you go from there, man? Just a lot more questions than there are answers at this stage. And it, it stinks, Motsi. It sucks because that, in a nutshell, has been everything that's transpired in our world the last, what, five months or so, right? Since March. A lot more questions than answers. But just like the world, a lot of this has been a little bit of self-inflicted. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, just take it for what you want to take it as. Some people you want to give sympathy to. For me, I'm like, this could have been avoided. There were other ways to go about it. We talked about it. We, we've listed numerous things. It is what it is. So, you know, you got to take it now. So what is the thought process looking like as, as all these guys report today? And, and how, huh, how maybe are, are they taking into consideration what is happening in Major League Baseball? We'll wrap up finishing this conversation with the first hour of the show. We'll also get to more of your reaction. We've had some tweets rolling in here. Keep them coming. At Wesley Euler at the body 52 Phone lines are also open today, 412-919-1316. Those are the digits to dial if you want to hop on the program. We'll wrap up the first hour of the show on the other side. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, we're in for Stan Saverin, and we are rocking and rolling on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. A lot happening today in the football world, in the Pittsburgh sports world. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler in for the Godfather Stan Saverin today. We're simulcast on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. I should say, Motes, I wanted to make sure to get this in, right? Um, I didn't want to come on this station and tell people to listen to us, right? Because we're on the same time as the Godfather, Stan Saverin, and I don't want to be stepping on his toes on his own show, all right? Otherwise, you'd be swimming with the fishes. Exactly. Otherwise, I'll get home and there'll be, you know, there'll be some dead aquatic animals in my freezer when I get home. I, I get it. But what they can do, Arthur Motes, is they can subscribe to our podcast. Oh, yeah, exactly. You listen to The Godfather like you normally do on ESPN Pittsburgh, noon to two. And then you can listen to Steelers Blitz, Motes and I show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. It's uploaded daily, commercial free, mind you. Mm -hmm. It's like Netflix, but without a subscription charge. And we sound cooler. Obviously, we're just way more versatile than Netflix, who have like the same seven TV shows that have been on there for 15 years. I mean, come on, what are we doing here? Come on, that's what we do, baby. You know, who needs the Tiger King when you got the Steeler King, Arthur Motes? I mean, what are we talking about? Look at at him go to work over there. Every day, commercial-free, on-demand, the show is uploaded in podcast form. Just search Steelers Blitz wherever you get your podcasts so you can listen to The Godfather here every day, and you can catch Motes and I on demand whenever you fancy. Phone lines are open, 412-919-1316. Let's go down to Juan in South Carolina. What's happening, Juan? Hey, good afternoon, buddies. How y'all doing, man? Long time. Fantastic. Hey. Yeah, hey, Juan, it doesn't feel like football season until we get you back on the line, baby. That's the truth. I know, I know, I know. I just want to say shout out to all you guys in Pittsburgh, all the all the hosts and stuff you guys are doing a wonderful time through these tough times. We appreciate everything you're doing for us here and for Steeler Nation. Thanks, man. We appreciate yes, that. Indeed, it's, man. It's, you're it's, a real one. It's been it's it's been a you know it's been a it's been a wild couple months, but we're we're still having fun. We're still trying to smile every day. 
Yeah, I know. I, yeah, like I said, I, if nobody else said, I just want to let you know I appreciate it because y'all guys are doing a wonderful job. No, we appreciate that one. We do definitely. Like I said, it it's always easier when we uh you know when we get the reaction of um of you know of the listeners whether it be on the phone lines whether it be on Twitter whatever it be we appreciate it as always. I hope you're having a an enjoyable summer sand sports down there in uh, in South Carolina. 412-919-1316. Those are the digits to dial. You can also tweet us again at Wesley Euler at Dabati52. Ah, oh, yes, 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 yes. Ah, oh, yes, 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 yes. Arthur Motes, I want to know, as again, as a decade-long NFL veteran, you were a part of three different organizations, so you've got experience. You've seen how... Um, different towns, different organizations, different franchises handle things, handle training camp, the start of the regular season, preseason, et cetera, et cetera. What would your thought process be, right? Kind of like you're seeing everything that's going on with the Marlins and the Phillies. Like what would your thought process be if you were still a professional athlete right now reporting to camp, getting ready to report to camp, get tested, et cetera, et cetera. What would be the the thing or the couple things on the forefront of your mind? Yeah, well, once I would have decided to opt in, from there, you singly focused. I mean, you would treat it as if it was any other training camp setting. You understand what the mission is. The mission is to make the roster first off. I mean, because even though you you know certain years with the money situation, you know it's guaranteed that you'll be there, you still – I always took it that I would never take it for granted. I would always come out there – to say that, hey, I'm going to prove that I'm one of the best 53 guys here. In fact, one of the best 46 because the 46 are the guys who get the helmet. 53 make the team, but only 46 dress. So I would always say that, hey, every day I'm going to prove that I'm one of the best 46. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, that would be my mindset still going in there regardless of the COVID testing. I would treat the COVID testing no different than the drug test that you take when you report to training camp. You know it's mandatory. Hopefully it's not at 5 in the morning like with the drug test. So, you know, if it's not, that's a huge plus. But other than that, man, you can't allow yourself to get enamored with the outside noise. I mean, because every year, let's be real, every year, when it comes to football and training camp, there's always going to be distractions. There's always something going on. Mm -hmm. There's always something being talked about, something to distract you from the mission at hand, from the task, which is you perfecting your craft, proving that you belong on this team. So for me, that would always be my mindset. And that would be my mindset right now. Like I said, once I had went through right. the process and decided, hey, this is what I wanted had to do. Had those conversations with your yeah, family. Because there's no guarantee. And, and that's why I don't want to say what I would or wouldn't do because I don't know personally. Because at this You've stage, it's this. right. Yeah. I'm like, what stage of my career? What team am I playing for? What's my contract situation? What's my family situation? There are a lot of factors and variables that go into that decision. But from a hypothetical standpoint, if I made that decision, I'm locked in. Once I once I make that drive, the car's packed and we're driving to camp. Oh, I'm locked in. The closer I get there, the more singularly focused I am on being the best player that I can be. I don't care about what's going on from a national standpoint. I don't care what's going on from a family standpoint. Once camp happens, I'm locked in. You think there's any conversation, whether it be amongst the NFLPA, uh, maybe it's a joint effort between them and the NFL. Like, do you think that there may be doing some extra dotting of I's and crossing of T's with everything. Like you talk about the outside noise thing, right? How real is the outside noise of what's going on in the MLB right now for the NFL? If that makes, does that make sense? Like yeah, well, how much is that really something that they're monitoring and considering as they start to get going? So here? this is the thing, the NFL 
and NFLPA, they have to be aware of the outside noise. That's every year. That's what they have to do because they never will have to make sure that it's safe. They have to make sure that everything is running as smooth as possible, branding, all of these different things. So they have to be very aware of the MLB. From a player standpoint, though, you can't allow that to affect your right. preparation mentally and physically. If you're choosing to opt out because of that, that's one thing. But if you're going to be there and play and perform – you got to be that, there and yeah, play and perform. That has zero to do with your on-field productivity. That has zero to do right. with your preparation. But the NFL and NFLPA, from the the suits side of it, you know, not the players, but the, the ones who, like I said, are in the suits, they make those type of decisions. They have to be very, very aware of that stuff. It's no different. They have to be more aware of the market as well. When you talk about salary cap implications this year versus next year, you talk about the television deals, they have to be aware of all of that stuff. But as, you're, as the players – you focus on what you can control. You focus on what you can directly affect. You don't, I mean, that, that MLB stuff, that doesn't help you. you. You can't say, hey, man, you see what's going on over here? I'm not practicing today. Yeah, that's especially once you opt in, that's not going to benefit you at all. So that's the difference in terms of who can focus on that stuff. Each person has their job within the organization. Sure. Each person has their job within the NFL to make it as successful as it is. Don't expect Roger Goodell to be worrying about taking mm-hmm. on a, a tight end in a six technique or spilling a fullback or hammering a fullback. <laughs> no, even though he is a part of the NFL, that's not his job. His job is to make sure that, Hey, we got these policies in place. We got these precautions in place. We have this, this, and this, and no different Vince and, Williams. And then every, Everyone's following right. those Correct. those procedures and precautions. And, and, and the alternative to that is Vince Williams. I don't want you over here worrying about, oh, this policy needs to be to that and that. No, I need you to worry about beating this running back and getting this sack on third down. That's what I need you worried about. That's just how it is. Everybody has their role. Everybody has their job. And the coaches, they kind of have to buffer between. Right. And that's going to be tough for them, I think, maybe more so than ever. Uh, obviously, I mean everything. Uh, duh, Euler there with the the, the no brainer <laughs> statement of the year. Everything currently right now is more difficult than it ever has been before. That's the the pandemic world that we're living in. But you and I were talking about this before we went on air, Motsi, for the coaching staff. I mean, it's going to be what another really two weeks before they can even get hands on with these guys, at least because it's going to be just strength and conditioning coaches at first, I believe. Right, once they do get going here in, in the next week. Yeah, so the way the uh, the NFL is handling it, they're treating the beginning of training camp as if this was the start of OTAs. So for okay. those that are familiar with how OTAs works, you have what they call phase one. Everybody's heard of phase one. That's strictly when you report. You only are on the field with the strength and conditioning coaches. That's it. No position coaches, no head coach. If coaches are out there that aren't strength and conditioning, your organization could be fine. They could lose a padded practice and things along that nature. So it's very, very serious. But the way that they're doing it, and just to give you dates-wise for context, mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh, for example, they'll start phase one. That would be between August 3rd and August 11th. So literally just strength and conditioning. So you can go out there and you're running with the strength and conditioning coaches. You're doing sprints. You're lifting in the weight room. Other than that, only walkthroughs are permitted to have right. coaches, which is huge because traditionally this is what's happening in April, not four weeks prior to the season starting. Usually when you come to camp, you got a two-day acclimation period, which, by the way, in those two days, you're having practices, just no pads. Yes. You're in a helmet. Helmet. And you have what you call like your spiders, which is like a soft pad under your shirt. But other than that. Shells, right? Yeah, but the other general than that, public calls you, you, you're practicing full speed, full tilt. 
Then after those two days, then you'll put on pads and go on from there. So those four weeks of training camp traditionally are a lot more difficult because of how condensed it is. And you're typically in pads 90% of the time. By day three. Right. Along with playing in preseason games. Right here, no preseason games. They they won't put on pads for practice until August seventeenth, mm-hmm. and that's if everything goes and that, well yeah, and according and to plan. That's everything, yeah. Because when they first report, they'll have what between the twenty eighth and August second to report. I'm I'm assuming it's going to be staggered, right? But they also have to uh, pass. They have to have three negative COVID tests during that window along with having virtual meetings before they can even get to phase one with them being on the field with the strength and conditioning coaches. Mm -hmm. So it's not a lot of time available for them. And then the first game, I mean, the NFL starts with September 10th, I think it is. I think so. That's the Thursday. Yeah. That's not a lot of time at all. That's not, that is not a lot of time. No. So you, I mean, for me, I was, I was under the impression that once they report, they have their negative tests, they start practicing right away. That's not even going to be the concept here. So you talk about guys really being behind the eight ball Wow. Yeah, I think a lot of people heard like, you know, training camp opens for the Steelers today and they're along the lines of what you're normally talking about, right? Most it's like one or two days to kind of get it going and then day three, boom, pads are on. This is going to be a slower training camp process, obviously, than normal in these unprecedented unprecedented times here as we roll along. So, yeah, a little patience, but hey, it's a big sports day. In Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Pirates are playing, Penguins are playing, Steelers are opening training camp, and you got Arthur Motes and Wesley Euler rocking with you here in for Stan Savern and on SNR. One hour in the books, another hour to go. 412-919-1316. If you want to jump in on the phone lines, you can also tweet the show at Wesley Euler at the body 52. The body. When we come back here, speaking of lack of preseason and, and some crazy stuff going on with training camp, what does this all mean for Ben Roethlisberger's recovery? We'll start there in our number two on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. It's Arthur Motes and Wesley Euler in for Stan Saverin. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. afternoon pittsburgh how we doing fantastic well that's good me too arthur motes wesley euler in for stan Saverin. we're rocking and rolling on espn pittsburgh and on snr today 412-919-1316 those are the digits to dial if you got questions comments concerns or reactions over the next 60 minutes you can also just join us in 2020 and tweet the show at wesley euler at dabati 52 Arthur Motz, I did a little more Wendell Smallwood research during the break there. And get this, actually, since 2016, right? Which is a pretty long time, the last four seasons. Pretty decent sample size there, right? Wendell Smallwood is the Philadelphia Eagles' top rusher since 2016. Nobody in wow. on the Eagles has more rushing yards than Wendell Smallwood since 2016. Now, I should note that Miles Sanders is right behind him and will likely pass him this year, but he has more rushing yards than LeGarrette Blunt, Darren Sproles, Jay Ajay, Jordan Howard. I wonder how many games has he played compared to those guys also, right? Right, more, I'm sure, yeah, certainly, so, yeah. but had less carries. But it just still, that obviously, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, that means nothing. I just thought that it was, it's kind of crazy. Well, we know you're an Eagles lover, so if anyone was going to find that stat, it would be I'm you. I'm a WVU lover, Wendell Smallwood, baby. 850 rush yards since 2016. That's the Eagles' leading rusher. Uh, 
You want to guess how yeah, many? That's crazy. They won a Super Bowl during that time. Right. What? Right. <laughs> right. Eight hundred and fifty yards is the leading rusher, Arthur Motes. You want to take a stab, um, just a stab at how many yards in that same amount of time one uh, Ezekiel Elliott has? Three thousand. Over five thousand four hundred. Say yeah, it's got to be something crazy. <laughs> But like you said, the Eagles got the Super Bowl, so I'm sure they don't care. They'll 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 let Zeke Elliott have the yards. It's just funny though how that always works out. But yeah, Wendell Smallwood, the newest Steeler added this morning. A whole bunch of NFL players uh, opting out. Arthur Motes, as the day has rolled along, we've got six New England Patriots who have opted out. We've had some Minnesota Vikings. We've had some Chicago Bears. A whole bunch of. NFL players Goodwin yeah Marquise Goodwin just did speaking of the Eagles yeah who they just traded for during the draft a few months ago but he is opting out of the season had a A wife position of uh, need too for the Eagles man absolutely last year they had uh, they left a lot to be desired at the wide receiver position last year that is certainly uh, for sure just a lot happening here Arthur Motes and I wonder this is what I wanted to get in here to kind of uh, start our number two Uh, with all this uh moving and shaking, right? With all this change in the NFL offseason, the lack of NFL offseason programs, now no preseason. What does that mean for Ben Roethlisberger's recovery? Uh, with the lack of preseason games, right, and the lack of a traditional offseason, does it give you any more pause or concern maybe about the the real adequate amount of reps Ben is going to have for his recovery? Or just as it relates to that, it's – not really that big of a deal in your mind. How does how does no preseason this weird offseason affect? What does that mean for for Ben Roethlisberger's elbow and his recovery? Come on, man! Don't don't give me the fake concern. You know preseason doesn't matter. Oh, I've, been, I've, been, I've been told that numerous times. Nobody cares here about preseason. Nobody cares about practice. Just show up to the game. So with that being said, Arthur Motes the is, same energy, is not man. spiteful, folks. Yeah. He's never spiteful. Who, who, who cares about practice and preseason, man? Yeah, you, you got experience. Bank on that. Let dude go out there and ball out, man. That's how I look at it, because that's what I've been told. Preseason doesn't matter. What, what say you, good fella? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, in, I mean, in, you're in unbelievable. Theory, in theory, you would have some concern because you do want him to be able to get back up to speed, right? I mean, forget about the question marks of if his arm can hold up and all that other stuff. I want him to get back up to speed just with being back in the system, being with the other guys, getting on the same page as the receivers and vice versa. Those are all the things that you want that you essentially can accomplish through OTAs, through preseason and things like that. But, you know, with this particular offseason, that's not going to be the case. So what you do bank on is this. Ben Roethlisberger's experience, how long he's been playing Mm -hmm. in the NFL. You bank on the continuity of him and Juju, James Conner, a lot of the offensive linemen. You bank on his relationship with Randy Feekner. That's kind of the approach you take to this season, and you trust that the communication is going to be very transparent between both parties in terms of early on what he's comfortable with, what he's not comfortable with, and as this thing progresses, they continue to expand from a playbook standpoint, from an execution standpoint, and ultimately a productivity standpoint. I think that's the mindset when you're thinking about Big Ben right now, because, I mean, as much as we complain about it, as much as we talk about it at nauseum about the importance of preseason games, the importance of training camp practice, the importance of live reps, that's just, it's not what it is right now. 
So what you have to do in the football world, we always talk about you have to be comfortable in the uncomfortable. You have to be, you know, adapt or die. Yeah, you have to adapt without any issues. I mean, we talk about all the time how our schedule can get changed at a moment's notice. You ever heard of a flex game? Mm. It happens. Mm -hmm. So you can't complain and say, what was me? Or, hey, this isn't fair. No, you have to figure out a way to make it happen and be your best self when it's time to perform. And ultimately, Ben is professional. He's been doing this at an extremely high level for an extremely long time. So I don't expect anything less. I expect him, regardless of how this offseason has played out, regardless of how training camp is going to play out, that he's going to be ready to perform come game time. I think so, and I tell you what, you see that video of him walking around the food bank at Newcastle. He looks like he's ready. He's looking He's looking like an in-shape and a ready-to-go Benjamin Roethlisberger, Arthur Motes, I tell you what. No, I'm excited. I mean, I just love how in Pittsburgh, the quarterback showing up in shape oh, is always a big deal. It's a huge deal. <laughs> I told you, we joked on— I've we, never, Only in Pittsburgh. I've never seen this anywhere else. We man. joked We joked last week on uh, on our on our program, Arthur Motes, Steelers Blitz on SNR. We joked that uh, only in Pittsburgh do we evaluate the quarterback's physique like he's like he's trying out for like a swimsuit competition right. or something like that. This is crazy. Or, or I've heard that in the past they say, oh, that's, that's fat, like big Ben. Oh, this is slim Ben. Slim Ben, yeah. I'm like, that's a real thing. Like, this is it's crazy to me. It's like he's a it's like he's a stud wrestler, right? And we're all like worried about him making weight or what weight class is he gonna fit into? Yeah, yeah it's funny how we talk about Ben Roth- Ben Roethlisberger's physique. It, it certainly is. Uh, I wonder too. Then behind Big Ben, right? What does this mean for Mason's development? Maybe it's more of a hinder this offseason on Mason's development than it is on Ben's recovery, right? You bring in Matt Canada to work with. Obviously, Ben Roethlisberger, too. But we really thought that that was a move for the for the young quarterbacks on the roster. Uh, get Mason Rudolph, somebody who can really kind of focus on getting the best out of him. Give them a whole offseason together, right? All those snaps. Well, that's out the window, Arthur Motes. Uh, and now, maybe along with that, right? Snaps, we know this. We've talked about this. Snaps are going to be at a premium. So not only is Mason Rudolph missing out on the whole offseason where he'd get normally more work and more opportunity in that time with Matt Canada. Now in the kind of off season that they do have, he's probably going to get less spin because more of that might go to Benjamin Roethlisberger in these unprecedented times. What's your confidence in the backup situation? How are you feeling about how this whole off season relates to Mason Rudolph's development and future? Yeah. Well, the lack of OTAs and the training camp being condensed is not only going to affect Mason Rudolph, but it's going to affect Doug Hodges as well. Yeah. But the beauty for the Steelers in that quarterback room is none of those guys are new to the roster. In fact, both of those guys got game experience at a large level last year that wasn't expected from anyone. And that there are a lot of quarterbacks who are backups this year that don't have any game experience to that extent in terms of primetime games, road games, must-win division games. So if you're the Steelers, you still are confident with both of those guys because you know – hey, we have a leg up coming into this season in terms of those two quarterbacks having meaningful snaps last year, being that they and they even produced at some level in all of the games they played in. Yeah, Maybe not to the level that we expected from a full body of work standpoint, but they did good things, both of them. So if you're the Steelers, you're excited about that. You know that, hey, Ben is going to take the line share of the reps without a doubt. Ben is our quarterback going forward without a doubt. But I'm still very confident in these guys being able to develop 
under Ben this year. Develop with a Matt Canada this year. Take your time, not have to be pressed into action. Yeah. Hopefully, I yeah. mean, barring injury, obviously, but you know, that's that's the approach, and that's kind of what you're thinking with those guys. So it's a benefit to everything that happened for them last year because now, like you said, they won't get a ton of reps compared to when you need Ben to get him up to speed and you don't have a lot of time to do it. Yeah, he, he's going to get the lion's share. Yeah, yeah, he is. It's going to be interesting in that regard how they kind of divvy that up, especially, too. I mean, you are, you're at a weird crossroads with Mason Rudolph, right, in the sense that, like, this time next year, right, next offseason would be the time that you would – make a contract decision on that guy, either that you want to extend him as a backup, that maybe you want to pay him like some bridge type money if you thought he was worth it to potentially be the guy for a few years post-Ben, or if you're just going to cut bait with him completely, right, and and move on and, and either try and find another backup for the last year or two of Ben, or if maybe next NFL draft is when you try and find the replacement for Ben and have kind of a year crossover there. It's just, man, Arthur Motes, there's a lot. I mean, every NFL team is dealing with this to a certain extent. But for the Steelers, it feels like there's at the quarterback position and really at a lot of positions on defense, too. A lot of those question marks are around the backup situation, which I guess, right, grain of salt is a good problem to have. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, yeah, the contract situations are going to be present. Yeah, the lack of evaluation opportunities are going to be present. But it is what it is. I mean, like you said, everybody is dealing with it. So it's not a what was me mentality. It's a, hey, this is what the, the situation is right now. These are what the circumstances are. Make the best of this opportunity. So now the flip side is if you're those backups or if you're those guys that could potentially be in contract years next year and you're concerned about how much playing time or your role this year. How much spin you're going to get. You have to make sure that every day in practice – you go out there with a different level of intensity. Hmm. Every le- every day in practice, you have to execute at an extremely high level. Every day in practice, you're going to have to prove that you're worth playing time, that you're worth a new contract, because you're not going to get those opportunities in the preseason games this year. We know that the season could be condensed. If I mean, I mean, we we hope nothing like that would happen. But if something were to happen. That's something that we have to deal with. That's something that we have to anticipate. So you can't take for granted that I'm going to get a full season plus playoffs in the Super Bowl. I have to make sure that at any moment, if the season were to stop, that when the coaches are evaluating me, when the GM is evaluating me, they look and say, hey, look, man, that guy's a player. I need him. It's a great call by Arthur Motes. He's been there, done that. He knows what's up, folks. Yeah, he does. 412-919-1316. Those are the digits to dial if you want to jump on here in the last hour of the show. You can also tweet us at Wesley Euler at the body 52 The body. When we return here, right, it's training camp report day for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I've got a question for Arthur Motes and for you, the audience. One question about every AFC North team as we head to training camp. And these are not the same questions we've been debating for the last five months, all right? It's not, what's the status? What's your confidence level in Ben Roethlisberger? All right, that's not going to be my Steelers question. It's not going to be, James Conner or Juju Smith-Schuster, who needs to have a bounce-back season more for the Steelers to get back to the postseason? All right, we're not going to talk about Baker Mayfield, or we're not going to talk about Joe Mixon. All right, I've got a question, an important question for each AFC North team as they head to training camp. I'll discuss with you and with 
Arthur Motes on the other side. He is Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. We're filling in today for Stan Savern simulcast on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Acting godfathers today, it's the Steelers Blitz, Savern on Sports crossover, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler in for Stan today. He will be back tomorrow on ESPN Pittsburgh. We'll simulcast on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR right now. 412-919-1316. Those are the digits to dial. If you want to chime in here, you got about 37, 38 minutes or so left to do so. And let's go to the phone lines right now. Harry down in Texas. What's happening, Harry? Uh, it's raining down here. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, we're familiar with that. We get a ton of rain here too, Without partner. But the, but the last couple of weeks haven't been too bad, actually. We've been we've been kind of spoiled. Yeah, I, yeah, I've been listening to you guys brag about how you're getting all the rain. It's hot, hot as the dickens down here. <laughs> and I mean, you walk outside, it's like a sweat box. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Texas, baby. And yeah, my question is for Mozi. Um, the why doesn't I know the NFL's got more players than and all three other major leagues mm-hmm. combined. Why can't they do the like take pick a certain area like the AFC play all their games in this area and the NFC play all their games in this area hmm. and keep keep the teams confined to like the major hotels there. Yeah, I think that's a really good question, and honestly. We've seen the NHL, they're doing something with, they call like the hub cities. Uh, I think Toronto is one of them, mm-hmm. a couple of other places. Edmonton. Yeah, yeah Toronto, where, where Edmonton. they just have all the team or the certain amount of teams staying in that area. And I mean, we'll see how successful it can be. I, I know as of right now, they tested all the NHL players and they had zero positive tests, which was huge. But for some reason, the NFL, even though they are still drastically larger in roster uh, in roster amounts, especially this time of year with them carrying 80 players versus when the games are played nearly carry 53, they still haven't talked about that idea or that concept of a hub city or a bubble like you saw with the NBA. So I'm not sure why the NFL doesn't want to do it. I don't know if logistically it's too much of a nightmare, the traveling and things like that, but I think that that would be a great idea personally. Yeah. Um, like, for instance, here in Texas, we've got two teams, the Texans and the uh, Cowboys. And Houston, Dallas has been hit. Dallas County, Tarrant County, and Denton County, the county I live in, have been the three major counties that's been hit with this COVID-19. And Jerry Jones is talking about taking his training camp to San Antonio because San Antonio is not that big, not um, affected as much. Mm. Not only that, they also got the Army Hospital there in case – Hmm. They have the quarantine. Okay. You know? Jerry Jones is always fine. He's always finding <laughs> the at angle. This guy. He's always finding <laughs> the angle, Harry. Yeah, no, it, it'll be interesting to see how how this all plays out. Because yeah, Motsi and I have both agreed, man, for the NFL to do a, a hub city system would be very difficult. Yeah. I mean, 
especially this time of year. Like, it's right. different if we have already trimmed the rosters down to 53. But at 80 per team, not counting coaching staff, not counting trainers, that's a lot of personnel. It's a lot of people. It is. And yeah. it's, again— while trying to social distance. <laughs> For the NHL and the NBA, I think it's easier too, right? Because you're not even inviting the full leagues. Mm. You're inviting 22, 24 Correct. teams for each. And all of the, okay, not all of them, but I bet you 16 of those 24 teams really fancy, okay, we got a chance to make a run at this thing. Like legitimately think, you know, like we've got a chance to make a run here. You're showing up for a postseason. You know what I mean? Like you're showing right. up for the, all these NBA players that are reporting to Orlando, all the NHL players that are reporting to Toronto or to Edmonton. They're showing up thinking, all right, I've got a chance to win a championship here in the next six to ten weeks or whatever. I was going to say, and the time is totally different. Too. Yes. Six the, to ten weeks. Six to ten weeks. And that's if your team makes it all the way to the, to the end. For the NFL, I mean, Motes, it would have to be a 30-week bubble, a, a, a 25, 30-week bubble. Drastically different. Drastically different. And it's not just for the teams that fancy themselves as a contender. That's team is going 0-16 The as Jacksonville well. Jaguars are, are, in there yeah. for, are in there for 20 weeks as well, 25 weeks as well. And, oh, yeah, just the pure size of these teams and the staffs and the operations. I just I, – I don't think – I know a lot of people, right – are saying that the NFL's best chance to have a season is to have bubble leagues, hub cities. And I obviously agree with that. It's just not, I just don't think it's realistic. Yeah. For the it, cost that it would be too to house all those people and the I staffs mean, and the food. They're going to have to all have the, hotels. Then from there, you have to decide which, I mean, in terms of people rooming with others, do they get their own room? I right. mean, because that's a long time to have a roommate. <laughs> How many family members are allowed in? Yeah. What does that look like? If they've got kids, what's the schooling look like? What like, it's just that's a, we, they, that's the, a lot. the NBA estimated that it cost them one hundred and fifty million dollars to build this bubble. Yeah, and that is again for a little over half the league for a two month time period. Now imagine the entire NFL that size for what would be I mean literally five six months, months of a bubble. Absolutely, the cost of that would be out of this world yeah because i was i literally got the flashback of like man if you have to have a roommate and the way the nfl or teams typically do the roommates the young guys yeah but you don't well not even necessarily the young guys sometimes it's guys who uh each team does it differently some teams will say hey anybody four years or younger anybody six years or under anybody that's new to the team so Hmm. it's not necessarily if you're a veteran or not okay but the thing is you don't pick your roommate they pick for you Ooh. I'm not, I've had training camp where I had two two weeks of a roommate. And I'm just like, yo, this isn't cool. I couldn't imagine six months. Dude, I don't even know. I mean, you go on the road game sometimes, and it's like just the one night of us being in the hotel room. I'm like, yo, I don't like you like that. This ain't cool. I couldn't imagine six now. Nah. Six months of that. Yeah. Yeah. After practice every day, I got to come back. Yo, you a snorer or you a dirty guy? Like, do you like the shower? Or you going to talk on the phone on that? Like, yeah, that these issues. Yeah. I'm cool. I'm all right with that. I'm all right with that. Let's go back to the phone lines here. We got Tom in Westgrove. Tom. He's got a Steelers record prediction. What's happening, Tom? Yo, what's up, guys? How you guys doing? Rocking and rolling. Well, baby. Good. I hope you guys are doing well during this time of uncertainty. Yeah, thank you. You too. Thank you. I am. Um, I'm just going in to to talk to Steelers, and I think that the Steelers can go 11-5 with a chance to go. Uh, 12 and 4, uh, if everyone stays healthy, because I feel like that this is one of the more talented teams 
in the AFC. In fact, I think that the Steelers are uh, better than Buffalo. I think I have them as the third best team in the AFC. Um, and then I think, and I, I just think that um, I think that the Steelers defensive line is a top defense. It's a top defensive line that can get pressure on Lamar Jackson, and that can, um, and that like they did to uh, Kyler Murray last year. Mm, I like that. Yeah, I could definitely see that, man. Eleven and five, twelve and four. If if they have, you know, it's funny because I I reference sometimes like the health fortune that they had last year, which mm-hmm. sounds weird because again, if you take Ben and Tuit out of the equation, which yeah. are two massive players in the equation, True, but but very they were they, they lost their quarterback and they lost a big dog on defense. Obviously, two huge losses. But other than that, they were very healthy. If they can get some of that same injury fortune this year with Big Ben in the fold, yeah, Tom, I don't see any reason why they can't win double-digit games, certainly. And I think they can win the division. I know everyone's talking about Baltimore, but I'm really confident this year um, because I just like, I look at this roster and I say, like, this is one of the more under-the-radar teams. Well, not under-the-radar, but one of the underrated teams. And uh, I'm looking forward to watching Alex Highsmith and Chase Claypool in uh, spring training. And uh, go Steelers. Hey, hey thanks for I the, like it. Thanks for the call, Tom. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, a lot. I mean, a lot to be excited about, certainly. And we've talked about this too, Motsi. Like, we can repeat at nauseum, it hinges on Ben's health. It hinges on Ben's health. You know what? That's the reality for a lot of teams in the National Football League. I, I mean, a lot of teams in the National Football League are saying – if this one guy or these two guys can stay healthy, we think we got a shot. Mm-hmm. And, and and I mean, yeah, the Steelers are certainly – just look at the talent on the roster uh, uh, high up on that conversation. Well, no, something Tom said that I, I actually do agree with as well was uh, he talking about the Steelers kind of being under the radar. Yeah. We said that even though it, it sounds crazy to think that the Steelers could be under the radar, the talk of the AFC North – are the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the team that everyone is envisioning winning the division, the team that people are saying, can they make it to a Super Bowl or not? Them or the Chiefs. And I think due to Ben's injury and him missing a whole season, it has people very skeptical about him. It has people hesitant to say that the Steelers can be really good this right. year. So in theory, I mean, if they are healthy, they can definitely surprise teams and, and kind of be the 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 dark horse of the AFC because they're not getting a lot of talk about right now. They're not being – I mean, we talked about even when you're looking at the players that are getting rated on the top 100 or, or Madden ratings or all these other things, they haven't got a lot of respect mm-hmm. this offseason when it comes to the different lists. And trust me, we've talked it's true. a ton of lists. And we, we got have. more lists to talk about. But there have been a ton of lists <laughs> that have come out thus far. And not a lot of respect has went to the Steelers players. No. So whether it's Madden, whether it's the NFL 100. So when you look at all those things, man, for me, yeah, it makes a lot of sense that the Steelers are kind of the the underdog right now in in a sense or or the the the, the team that's not being viewed as legit contenders right now within the division. Right. Because Mm -hmm. it's the Ravens that are getting all the talk within the division and then within the conference, too. It's the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. It's Mahomes and defending rightfully so the defending Super Bowl champions. Yeah, Yeah, it's been it's been a long time, Arthur Motes, since the Steelers weren't talked about as a contender in the conference, but not even really by most as a favorite in the division. That doesn't happen all the time. You're right. Usually, right, the standard is the standard. The Steelers are one of the hunted teams in the NFL. Every team in the National Football League, obviously the Ravens and the Bengals and the Browns in the division, but every team in the NFL, when they see the Steelers on the schedule, it 
it, they get up. They get up. It gets a little pep in your step. You know, it's it's similar to when teams see the Cowboys on their schedule. It's similar like when the Brady era, when teams saw the Patriots on their schedule. It's a game that everybody wants to win. Maybe some of that expectation, those great expectations, um, not necessarily being there from a national perspective, because obviously we still have them here in Pittsburgh, but maybe from the national perspective that, yeah, that – you know, maybe there's a little more air in the uh, in the locker room, Motsi. Maybe a little more pep in the step, uh, you know, around the south side and around Heinz Field at training camp when there's not all the the questions about expectations nationally. Yeah, uh, that definitely is. But at the same time, you have that chip on your shoulder because the standard is always the standard. The standard is the and, standard. And even if from a national standpoint, they're not viewed as contenders. Believe you me, mm-hmm. anybody in that organization that mm-hmm. puts on a black and gold, they're going to have the utmost motivation to prove that they should be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Motsi would know. He was there. I mean, come on. He's speaking from experience. That's how it is, man. <laughs> 412-919-1316. Last chance to chime in here. One more segment to go. We'll also take your tweets at Wesley Euler at Body 52 and I will give these these four questions, predictions, if you will, one for each team in the AFC North with training camps officially opening up today. We'll wrap up the show on the other side. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, in for Stan Saverin today on ESPN Pittsburgh and simulcast on Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Wrapping up the show here on a full day of Pittsburgh sports, Arthur Motes. You gotta love it. Pirates, Brewers, Penguins, Flyers, and the Steelers opening Camp. It is a great time to be alive. We're going to talk about the AFC North and opening camp here in just a minute. But first, we go to the Twitter.com mode. See, we got some tweets. The dot com? On the show today. Our buddy Gregory out in California wants to know, question, gentlemen, does Mr. Motes or Wes listen to Stairway to Heaven? Does anybody in Steelers Nation listen to Stairway to Heaven? Gregory, I love Led Zeppelin. I mean, they're my second favorite band of all time. Can't go wrong with that. You know, Stairway to Heaven, that's a tough one, right? Because it's like, you know, I don't know. It's like being the uh, the ACDC fan that drives around listening to TNT, right? Like, as a Led Zeppelin fan, yeah. like, I've got some songs I like more than just the popular song. But, of course, Gregory, as a kid, you know, I was rocking out the Stairway to Heaven, and I learned how to play it on my guitar, and I wanted to be Jimmy Page. You know, Motes is more of a Rolling Stones guy himself. But I love Led Zeppelin, baby. Well, you know... It's funny you say Stairway to Heaven and you and just off break associated with Led Zeppelin. <laughs> For me, there's only one Stairway to Heaven, and that's the OJs, baby. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. I, don't I know thought you were y'all... gonna say Stairway to Seven, you nah, know. No, nah, I don't know what y'all talk about <laughs> over here, baby. <laughs> Climbing the stairway to heaven. That... And we're going step by step. Well, it's only one. That's that, the OJs, baby. Put that some respect is the on the duality of man here on talking the program. About some Led Zeppelin. <laughs> what? I don't want to hear that. That's hey, OJ. Listen, don't make me go downstairs and get Mark Madden. You talk bad about Led Zeppelin. Hey, don't come I, fight I, you. Hey, the OJs. The period. OJs, baby. Period. David asks, 
in the words, uh, well, says, I should say, in the words of the great Motsi, today's got me feeling a certain type of way. The selfish <laughs> fan in me wants them to play football, but the purist in me doesn't want to see some weird, diluted version of the game either. A Super Bowl in an empty stadium? Blasphemy. Ah, oh, man, I feel you on that contradiction. I feel you on that particularly unique situation as well, man. Because that's that's the duality of it, right? That's the 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 debate you have with yourself in terms of do I want to see the games play like this? Do I want to be in attendance? Um should it be played right. in the midst of the national crisis? Is this right? Is this wrong? I mean, yeah, I'm I'm torn with you, man. Me too. But I want football to happen. Because if football doesn't happen, Arthur Motes, I might be looking for a new job in a couple months. You know, I did have a question, though, right? Although I think I could go to work for Motsi, you know, at the, at the, at the Motes estate. He'll oh, find man. something. Yeah, for, yeah, he'll yeah. find something. Minimum wage, but he'll you, find you something for me to do. There I need a groundskeeper. I need a groundskeeper. There we go. I'll get my, I'll get my, I'll put my tank, you know, put my tank tops on and I'll get a nice tan no, no, going no, no, on. No, 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 tank tops at the Motes estate. Oh, uh, that's true. There's, I'm a, there's only one long, person showing skin. Long white yeah. sleeve shirt Absolutely. and jeans. Absolutely. There's only one person walking around with tank tops and no shirts on, all right? That's number fifty. That's number fifty-five. Period. That's how we operate. Yeah, but a lot of people's a lot of people's jobs and livelihoods are dependent on football in the fall. Just out of curiosity, though. Mm -hmm. So, if the Steelers were to not win under these circumstances, Mm -hmm. do you hold that against Coach Tom? Now, what do you mean by not win? Like a losing season? Losing season, don't make the playoffs, whatever it may be. Like don't make the playoffs? When I say don't win, they don't win a Super Bowl. They don't make it to a Super Bowl. What if they go go 11-5 and and they lose in the AFC Championship game? Well, I remember Coach Tomlin being under pressure to be fired after losing the AFC Championship game after winning 12 games that year. So, yeah. I don't really see where the, where the difference is in this yeah. situation. You know, the difference is is that the uh, the all encompassing, the all spanning mm-hmm. voice, the knowledge of Wesley Euler uh-huh. wasn't on the Pittsburgh Airwaves yet in whoa, 2016 whoa, whoa. Okay. when that happened. You know, uh, I would have offered some sanity to the conversation. That, that was heavily in the conversation, <laughs> heavily. No, so my right. question to you is: Do you hold that against them this year? I don't because think I'm so. sure there's a large faction that would if Coach Tomlin doesn't have a successful season this year. Like we've talked be about out there the, preaching for you're it. You're right. Like we've talked about uh everybody's under the same uh operating scenario here, mm-hmm. right? So at least that's the thing. It's not that um the Steelers are dealing with a pandemic and the Seattle Seahawks are not. Correct. Everybody is dealing with this. So I think everybody should be judged. It's like it's like you've told me, right? If an athlete's going to be out there, mm-hmm. Don't tell me about uh, my hips bothering me, my shoulders right. bothering me. If you're out there, you're out there. Very true. You're judged for being out there. I think that's how it'll be with these teams. Maybe the one caveat, right, of like if a Miami Marlins type situation were to happen. Mm, okay. And all of a sudden the Steelers are down 14, 15 regulars. Yes. I think we would take that with a grain of salt. Okay. But other than that, everyone else is on the same. It's it's a level footing. Yeah, because that's something that I was that I was really thinking about. Like, man, these are some of the things, some of the issues that you got to deal with. Mm-hmm. <sighs> mm-hmm. Unique. Very unique. Hey, maybe even unprecedented, I dare say. Ooh. Has anyone used that term yet? I really don't think so. I'll have to check. I haven't seen any company in my email yeah. inbox about unprecedented times. I like it, though. That's cool. Yeah, work. I might have to get on that. That mar- You know, I should send an email to all the marketing departments of all these big corporations look at you planning there we go and tell them hey use the word unprecedented we're gonna get on front of it (laughs) afc north they're opening some unprecedented training camps today and this week mozi i've got a prediction for you for each team all right and it's 
got to do with, I guess, roster construction is the okay. best way to put it. We'll save the Steelers for last, right? Best for last, obviously. So let's go alphabetical here. We'll start uh, worst first here. The Baltimore Ravens. Ooh, we got no love for them purple, them purple people in Baltimore. Motsi, here's my Ravens roster prediction for you. Devin Duvernay wins a wide receiver starting role on the Ravens roster. Number one spot's going to be uh, Hollywood Brown, right? Family member of he, formerly of this parish, Antonio Brown. Uh, Marquise Brown is going to have the number one spot. But the starter next to Hollywood is up for grabs. Uh, could it be Willie Sneed? Could it be Miles Boykin? I think it's going to be Devin Duvernay. I watched this guy at Texas for three years. He's incredibly talented. He played in the slot a lot last year in college, had over 100 receptions and almost 1,400 yards in the slot last year for Texas, a run-heavy program. That, Arthur Motes, is my Baltimore Ravens roster prediction for you ahead of training camp. Devin Duvernay wins starting wide receiver job. In a traditional offseason, I love it. I don't love it this year. <laughs> I don't at all. <laughs> I'm going Willie Snead, man. I don't love it at all. I don't know how yeah. you're going to feel about some of these predictions because a lot of these predictions involve, well, three of the four involve rookies. Yeah. So I know you're not going to – I know you – when it comes to rookies, I am very skeptical. I'm already skeptical about rookies in general. <laughs> but this year in particular, oh, man, I'm, I'm super-duper skeptical of these rookies, man. Cincinnati Bengals, let's continue. Logan Wilson, rookie linebacker out of Wyoming. And I like him a lot. Is going to end up starting at linebacker. I No, he, he will be the starter at linebacker out there. They've decimated their <laughs> position groups, especially the linebacker spot with uh, some of the guys that have left via free agency, some of the guys that were left, you know, just being released and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Logan Wilson was drafted to be the starting linebacker along with uh, the, the kid that he drafted out of Appalachian State as well. Those are going to be the two guys – I figured day one starting in Cincinnati. I Logan think so. Can ball too. He God, can. He can ball. If for a third round pick, that could be one of those guys yeah. that, you know, like a little while from now, we're like, oh man, how was that guy? How did he last till the third round? Logan Wilson starting linebacker for the Bengals. One more here, Motsi, as it relates to rookies. I'm really mad that he has to start jobs. his first season under these circumstances. Yeah. Because I think he could do like, he could really produce yeah like some, like some Darius Leonard yeah, type rookie like year season produce, but it's just he he's gonna have the odds stacked up against him greatly right now man it's tough for all rookies you and I've talked about that a lot on the Steelers blitz how, and even more so for him because not mm -hmm. only is he a rookie on defense but they have a rookie taking over at quarterback correct with no with no emergency plan remember they got rid of that mm -hmm. the, the, the Andy Dalton situation they got rid of that and so it's year number two entering oh, a completely man. new scheme for that team a lot of uh yeah a lot of moving parts there to juggle Cleveland Browns, Arthur Motes. Grant Delpit wins a starting job at safety. I'm trying to think of his competition out there right uh, now. Carl Joseph, Andrew Sendejo, I think yeah. is his last name. I mean, nobody really jumps off the page. I think Morgan Burnett's gone, isn't he? Ooh. I believe, or is he still there? He might still be there. He might still be there, yeah. Yeah, I know, yeah he might still be there. I think but he's still there for one year. Ultimately, man, I don't – yeah, they don't really have – Anyone that has a stranglehold on the position is not like Aaron Pitts, where you have Minka and Terrell Edmonds. So, yeah, I mean, depending on how fast he picks up on everything, that's the biggest issue. But the beauty or the benefit for them is, or for him in particular, is he's going to be learning everything along with the same guy, with everybody else is there because they have a new staff. With uh, Stefanski taking over now, 
whole new staff. You got to learn everything the same way we're learning everything. So depending on how quick he can pick it up, he definitely stands a chance. See, I think it, in that situation, it benefits him as a rookie because he huh. doesn't have to worry about unlearning That's true. what you've previously been taught. You don't have to worry about doing it on a short span because a lot of time with veterans, that's what we will struggle with. You've played in a scheme where you've had so many different coaches teach things that— It's the old dog teaching an old dog new right. tricks, right? But, but the thing is, like traditionally, because with football, it's a puzzle. Regardless of if it's cover three, cover four, cover five, cover six— Somehow, some way, it ha- the pieces have to get to where they're supposed to get to. But with some of the different concepts, cover four, some people play it as a traditional zone concept, whereas some people play it like a matchup zone, which they do here in Pittsburgh. So instead of it looking like a traditional four deep, three underneath, mm-hmm. it turns into the three guys underneath for a man-to-man coverage. Right. Even though it's technically cover four on paper. So those are some of the issues that if you've played in the league before – you already have, okay, this is how we traditionally did it. This is how we say you don't want to do it because of the issues associated with doing it that way. But for Grant, he's not going to have to worry about that because he doesn't have it at the NFL level right. yet because he hasn't done it. He's the new so puppy. Gonna, yeah, it's definitely going to benefit him a little bit. And he's a guy who would have certainly been a first-round pick if he came out a year earlier, falls to the second round. Or if he round. could tackle. Or if he could tackle. <laughs> All right, the most we got about two minutes left here. Last one, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're going to carry five running backs on their 53-man this year. <laughs> James Conner, Benny Snell, Jalen Samuels, Anthony McFarland Jr., and Wendell Smallwood. How about it, Arthur Motes? Not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> you take that West Virginia love somewhere else, man. That is not happening. Five? Yeah. Five. Right. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. So, so which receivers are they taking there? Juju. Mm-hmm. Deontay. Okay. James Washington. Uh-huh. Chase Claypool. Okay. Is that it? That's only four. I was say, <laughs> since we're taking five running backs, let, let me hear some more. <laughs> we, we could play this game. Yeah. Jalen Samuels, he can split out one. <laughs> I would say, you, you take you take five running backs. We short some offensive line. We're going to be short to receive. What, what are we doing? Yeah. Five of them? Five. We, we talk about the running back position is devalued. One, two, five. three, four, five. Anything you say? Wow. Five. I thought four was going to be a stretch. Five. Wow. Five, baby. Five of them things. Taking a five. Taking a five piece into the regular season. Four is a stretch right now. Four is a stretch. You're right. Five. Motes, that'll do it for today's show. Whole lot of fun. Uh, thanks to everybody who called in. Thanks to our guy Jacob for producing. Uh, again, if you liked what you heard today, you're unfamiliar with us. We're on the same time as Stan every day, but you can find our podcast every day. The show is uploaded commercial free. Just search Steelers Blitz. Uh, Stan Saverin back tomorrow. Arthur Motes and I rocking, rocking and rolling all week on SNR. That'll do it for today. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio.